Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio, with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are, whatever you're doing when you listen to this. And welcome to another post-conference presser. Ladies and gents, I'm your normal host, Dave Davis, coming to you from a... It's cold, it's bloody freezing, but the sun is shining, so make of that what you will, just outside of Edinburgh. And it's the big one coming up, isn't it? It's less than 24 hours till the Reds head to the Etihad. First versus second, Klopp versus Guardiola, Salah versus Haaland... Christ, why are they even trying to build this? It does it itself, doesn't it? Some, as they say, some fights just sell themselves and this is one. It's massive. There's no other way to describe it. So we'll do the normal that we do, people. We'll talk through what Jurgen Klopp answered, what he was asked at the press conference. Yeah, a lot of good ones. Maybe one at the end we'll talk about in depth. We'll talk about some clues from the international break. You know, normally we talk about what happened in the last game, but international break might give us a bit of a clue more importantly when we talk about the minutes and the stats from that. We'll talk about the formation and lineup. We're going to have to talk about Man City's threats and anyone who doesn't think there's plenty of those is absolutely deluded. It is what it is. So we'll have a quick scan through those and then we will give our predicted score and scoreline as normal. So... Yeah, plenty to cover. And straight into the press conference, people. So the indication was there was a breakout, i.e. an embargo, so that should come through later, time, etc. I don't know. Normally we used to say 10.30. There doesn't, going to be honest, doesn't seem to have been any embargoes this year at all or ones that, you know, weren't really flagged, but there's one coming, let's put it that way. So what did Jürgen answer? What was he asked? And the first question was about Nunes and how he's getting on. And he kind of turned this into a... A talk about the whole South American contingent. So what do Jürgen say? So we have to wait. He said today, three is the meeting, four is training. So I've got to look in their eyes, et cetera, et cetera, and talk to them. 
Nearly all of them have had a good international break. So Colombia, if you look, had a successful one. Lucho scored twice. Uruguay, like you said, did well at the same time. Yes, he is at a good moment and we want to use him as often as possible, but we don't know at the moment. I think it's pretty clear, people, this season from what we've seen. Prediction might not have been this for many at the start of the season, but there's absolutely zero doubt that Darwin Nunes is the starting centre-forward, isn't there, at the moment. Bar maybe situations like this, injuries, refresher, we'll get into that shortly, but it's Salah, Nunes on one other at the moment. I don't really think there's any debate in that, so it is what it is a little bit, so to speak. Then Jürgen was asked, and almost like a hype question, as though it needed to be done, is this the biggest game in Premier League at the moment, is this the biggest rivalry? And you know what they're alluding to, what instance of things in the past they're trying to get to. So we said rivalry, you'll have to ask other people. For us, from a sporting point of view, it's the most difficult since I've been here. No, there's no debate of that really, is there? From a football point of view, there's been big games like the Champions League quarterfinals. But yeah, from a sporting point of view, it's the most difficult rivalries. You have to ask someone else. Nice straight there, back there from Jürgen. Cover drive, down the ground for four. What else is he supposed to say? Really, you know, what else is he supposed to say? He's supposed to say honest and be like, nah, these have come from nowhere. These are bought all the things. They've not really got any history. All the things we would love to chant, talk about, or be unprofessional a bit if it was a manager, wouldn't it? So I don't really know what else was expected, but a nice straight back there. Was then started to get asked about another player and even combine them later on, which we'll come to, but was asked about Mo Salah. Said, you know, is he his peak? Can he can improve? Quite stern when he looks at the journalist with this. Of course he can improve. We expect that from him. Why would he come and be the first in the building and last out if he doesn't want to improve? He's gained that much experience over the years that, you know, he's so much better than he was. He's a different player to the boy who arrived, a completely different animal. All the offensive players look up to him and he's supportive and has got a good connection with them. In the beginning, he had to find his feet and find a way to impress, but that's now done and settled. To have that desire to score, that's what makes him special. Long may it continue. He's talked about this before, to, to be fair, but yeah, I mean, Mo Salah is a walking demigod, but he is a bit of a different beast to what he used to be, as is going to happen. The fact that he is now 31, the pace isn't what it quite used to be. He's, I don't want to say he's slow, he's still quick, but it isn't quite what it used to be. The creative game's changed. Jürgen's changed his role. Let's, you know, let's not dibby about that in any way at all. He's still a legend, isn't he? He's still a walking demigod of this club. He's still the most crucial attacking force. He still, which I like to be in reference, that he wasn't in the leadership group or officially in that, that sort of leadership group of Virgil, Trent, Robbo. But as Jürgen said, him and Alisson, they come in as almost extra special roles. And it's very much, as he talks about, with the offensive players, really crucial. And then, unsurprisingly, as it come up this season, asked about Darwin and Salah. So we combine the two this time. Literally, you know, how the, the connection they have and how that works. He said quite a few things on this. He said, you can't be a Liverpool player if you're not football smart. If you sprint 900 miles an hour and you think, who could have saved speed? I think has it got in the right position? That's probably Mo. The others are quick as well, but that's why it's clicking between them and they look out for each other. They don't cut the other boys out, but they've got a different way of playing. Generally, from the beginning, Mo supports the boys. Darwin came here with big expectations and Mo understood the situation the best 
and saw his potential and wanted to help him. That was the start for a pretty special partnership. Yeah, and listen, the the stats show the assists between them, you know, bang on through those, we've all seen them, but there is a partnership between the two. There's no two ways about it. As you look at things like Haaland and Alvarez, it's Nunes and Salah for us, isn't it, really, this season? That's, I know there's others like Jota who've got a good goal haul, he's on eight, isn't he? But the connection between those two for goals and assists is obvious. Also, I think you can quite clearly see it. He is trying to clearly help Darwin along. Jürgen, how could you disagree with him? He's got that experience of pressure being the main man at Liverpool. So he knows what expectation is falling upon Darwin. And it's not going to be that he is the main turnaround or the main point. And I'm not stating that for one second. But if we're going to believe that Mo Salah hasn't played a part in Darwin Nunes turnaround, it's not a full 360 because still a little time to go, but there is a clear marked difference between this campaign and last season, if you're going to deny Mo Salah's a part of that, you know, he plays his part. There's no two ways about it. Then one that, forget the cover drive for four, this was a smacked out the park for six, asked a question that could have been leading and it could have led to a few things, dealt with it absolutely perfectly. So Jurgen Klopp was asked about Everton's points deduction, the 10 points, what he thought. He said, I'm not in the subject, I heard about the 10 points deduction and I've heard that they've appealed. That's it. Everybody would do that probably. That's all I can say about that. This was really well answered in the sense of, I don't see much, but think of where this will go, people. If he starts talking about it and goes a bit more, so, oh, they punished, you know, whatever, then it's going to come in. Well, what about to think about Man City's 215 charges? What do you think they should have been prosecuted early? Why, if Everton have got 10, won't Man City get thousands and thousands of points? Won't they be in Division 2? Won't they be playing the dog and duck? Etc. 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 All that does is then give fuel to the City's fire and build it even more, but not build it necessarily in the best way for us. It also leads Jürgen probably down a track that he doesn't want to go down. Just smartly answered. Straight away, not really my business. All I can say about that, move on. Now, one where I think this is quite telling, he was asked about Alexis McAllister. And I'm going to be honest, it's the best way I think Juno asked it because people have been dancing and was trying to put words in his mouth. You know you can get, not belligerent, but he gets back, gets up. He's got that fire, that passion that we want when they ask him certain questions. So he was asked about McAllister's position and he really gave quite a bit away for me personally. He said, I understand why people ask about positions, but it's about how the team is set up. Is Maka a natural-born six? No. Has football developed in the last few years in ways we couldn't have imagined? Yes. He just started answering questions and asking and answering them themselves. Does that mean Maka can play six? Definitely. It depends how the whole team defends. That's it. Easy as that. Easy as that. He did repeat that. If you do that properly, you have an incredible player in a central position, an extra player in a central position who finds passes and forward thinking. You don't want to have someone there who's just knocking players down as it's, you know, saying it's not my job, so just give me a break, stuff like this. It's not that easy. I like him there a lot. We as a team can benefit a lot from it if we have a really compact formation. I like him there. I don't think it's sort of heralding about a big revelation or a new door or anything like that. But this, for me, was quite telling. And I'll shout out someone here. Sam Maguire, I'm sure everyone knows who he is, exceptional journalist, does exceptional articles around 
Liverpool has, has written about this at length and has always been McAllister is a six. He's not like it's fallen into accidentally, so to speak. It's a deliberate ploy. And, and I'm not going to go into it too much, but re, you know, go and read his articles. You know, they're absolutely superb, well worth any penny that you'll spend on them. I'm going to be honest, the way he now talks about this, that it almost is starting to, rather than by accident, by deliberate assertion, isn't it, that Alexis McAllister is falling into that six, that yes, he's not perfect there, and the knock-him-down type, as we say, the destroyer rather than deep-lying playmaker, however you wish to describe it, it does seem to be coming around a bit, a bit for me, maybe not for everyone else, that Jürgen is doing this by design. There is a trade-off. He wants, say, an intelligent player, someone who can be, say, progressive, find those passes. And he is willing to trade that. Now, I know someone's going to jump in and say, oh, someone like Fabinho, he could do that and he could find... And, and I get that, but not to McAllister's level from a progressive point of view. And that seems to be the focus. So I disagreed with Sam at the time. I remember I read that, though. Still an exceptional article. Didn't agree with it. May or may not have a great point. I'll let you decide on that one. And then the final one, people. Oh, straight bad everything. Lovely. Might have got himself trapped here. Not in a bad way, but how this will be played out, whatever he thinks. So again, he was asked about, you knew it was going to come out, didn't you? 12.30 kickoff. It was the very final question of the open section. Said, my English isn't good enough. And you could see there's a bit of like, whatever to this. My English isn't good enough to waste our time and to make sure you understand. So why would I waste your time or my time? Thomas Tuchel explained calmly a situation in a German newspaper and they said he had a rant. That wasn't a rant. No one wants to hear it. I tried a couple of times, whatever I say, and then he did proceed to do a really bad impression of a journalist there. I think he was trying to be a journalist anyway. That's what I'd say. And then finished it. It's hard not to laugh at this. I love playing at 12.30. That's my new mantra. He didn't say mantra, but I couldn't quite make out the word at the end. Let me be honest on that. Now, I get this. There was a laugh in the, the press room, and I, I get what he's trying to say, like, whatever, you're going to write. The thing is, here's what's going to happen tomorrow. You know this clip or this comment or section, whatever you want to call it, is going to come up on Sky Sports where the game is. You know there's going to be that. You know Sky Sports, whoever it is, whether it be Carrigan, never blah, 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 will do the whole well, you got to, if you want the money, you got to take it, you know, these types of things, if I'm from being successful, that type of thing, blah, blah, blah. They'll have a bit of sympathy, but, you know, it is what it is type of thing. And why are you coming after the TV companies, you know, and all this, look to your owners. You know where this is going. This doesn't make it like a terrible thing, he said, by any means, please. I'm not alleging that for one single second. What I'm saying is probably could have just, like the rest, nicely straight batted this and goes, you know, it is what it is. We're focusing on the game. We're going to you know, focus. I've got trading at four. That's what my preparation's about. My focus is something along those lines. In a better worded answer, but straight battered. This one, it's not a disaster, but you're going to see stippings. You're going to see clippings of this. Just get ready for it. So the next section, people, we often talk about the clues we get. Now, normally we look back to previous games, but with this one, I think a bit differently, internationals are really important to focus on because we've got miles, we've got minutes, we've got hours, we've got kilometres, we've got starting 11s, all sorts of things. And some of this, I'll be honest, has been taken from other parts of Twitter or verified by other people, so I will give them shout-outs. But important to talk about it. And the South American guys, why else would you start anywhere, you know, 
anywhere but South America and who's been, who's travelled, who's played, etc. Thousands of kilometres, tens of thousands of kilometres for, for these guys, you know, to tot it all up. But let's just put it in context. Two games each. Luis Diaz for Colombia and a hero. You know, yeah, he got a couple against Brazil and they were 2-1 win and his bad dad was there. Brilliant. For us now, from a Liverpool focus, we look and say, okay, he played 90 minutes in the first one, 81 minutes in the second one. Alisson. Always a bit of wiggle room with the keeper. Don't get me we wrong. And obviously, Edison had a knock, quote-unquote, for those who can't see me, and Bill Style for the benefit of the tape. But 90 minutes in both. Hopefully, a keeper you think will be less affected, but say they won't be affected at all by that travel, jet lag, all that type of thing. Uh, you know, different opinions on that. Alexis McAllister. Now, keep in mind, he had a bit of a... He wasn't as his best as Jurgen admitted as maybe a mistake to start him against Wolves when you rewind to a previous one. 45 minutes in the first one. They took him off at half-time for Lautaro to bring an attacking element in. But a full 90 minutes in the Maracanã against Brazil. A full 90 minutes. An intense game there. A big qualification war. Going to be tired? You'd think so. Darwin. Yes. Goals in both matches. A double in his very last game. And in the first one, a great goal on the break against Argentina in a 2-1 away win. So he's had a great international break for Uruguay. Put your Liverpool hat on for a sec. Yes, you can say he's confident. He's informed, as Jürgen mentioned. I'm not doubting that. I think that's brilliant. We want him to be that. What we don't want is 89 minutes in the first one and 73 in the second one. If anyone's arguing with that, just think the last time he played a lot of or internationals back-to-back Remember, he went down at the end. He wasn't injured, but he was a sub against Wolves in the second half and he just felt that tightness. They've been mentioned, Darwin, a few times, been managing him as well. So from a Liverpool perspective, is it perfect? No, I don't know someone's going to argue, what do you want? A goal in each game for five minutes and taken off. Yes, but it's not going to happen. I understand that at the same time. Looking at the other ones for clues, Jota, hardly any minutes for Portugal. And when they do play, they seem to be playing a left wing back, but really not that many minutes. Gakpo played a few. Virgil only played the second half of one against Gibraltar, which you know we could have walked around with a pipe and slippers in that one, going to be honest. We'll come to them and talk about them a bit more, but maybe a positive as well. Gravenberg, Curtis, Canate did not go for one minute. Costas as well. There was a big thing made about it. People were panicking. Oh, God, have we got no fit left-backs after he missed Greece's last game? But as he released a statement on the Liverpool website, we haven't seen it. No, the decision was made. If he picked up a bucket, he could be suspended and with a playoff. So it was made a choice by all parties that way to come back to Liverpool and train, obviously, with this game as well. I think that is going to play a part in what we're going to talk about with the lineup. For international clues, as I think it's important to say, and that this is taken from Cy Brundish's Twitter, so I'm not going to claim credit for one second. Fair play to, to Cy on tweeting this, but. You think what really does that matter in national close context when he goes into lineup? City's likely starting eleven, played about nine hundred and one minutes of football and travelled just over twenty four and a half thousand kilometres. Liverpool starting eleven, played one thousand three hundred and twenty eight minutes of football and travelled over seventy one thousand kilometres. Not that far off, three times as much. He's going to come into the thinking, I fancy, for South American options, but we'll talk about that later. 
City threats crisis could be a pod on its own because we always talk about the opposition threats, don't we? Dear God. Still going any pep. Even his press conference, the nonsense today about Harlem as an arc, we have to play it carefully, blah, blah, blah. Rodri will have to go back in, training careful. Rodri's going to play. Harlan's going to play. What do, everyone's going to play. Name your team of City. They're going to be available. There's going to be a good bench as well. You know, it is what it is. We'll go into the Etihad. Don't get sucked in for one second that Erling Haaland and Rodri are not going to be the first two names on the team sheet. Don't start wishing that Edison's not, you know, got a not. He's in training. He's there. Don't start wishing for Diaz. Yes, it'd be great if it occurred, but it's not going to happen. They're all going to start. They're all going to be there. Simple as that. I mean, you look at them, they, I mean, they're only one point clear. They have lost a couple. That will give a bit of hope. They ship four to Chelsea in their last game. That gives hope as well. They're not as imperious as they once were at the back. The poorest, to use a, a good Trev Downey description there in that sense. Nine wins from 12, though, so it's good. They've hammered some teams at home, especially like Bournemouth. And just to be clear, at home in all competitions, they have won their last 23 games. Now, Jurgen Klopp was asked about this and said in the press conference, the longer a run is going, the more likely it is to the end, which you know people will probably play on as well, which is true. But when you look at it like the threats, just go into the Etihad, and it's not always a great atmosphere. We know about that and the empty seats, blah, blah, blah. But it is still the toughest place to go Possibly in European football world, and people will to argue that, but right up there, not for atmosphere for the team. Let's be clear on that. There are big threats as well. Hopefully the, the Nordic meat shield isn't there, but he's going to be. He's a league top scorer. I mean, 17 in all competitions. We, we know what he brings, whatever you want to mock about him, etc. He's a goal scorer, Supreme. There's no two ways about it. So, Virgil versus him, key battle. He's going to have to be on it. Don't, you know, let's not debate that. Alvarez, their South American forward, plays second fiddle a little bit, similar to people could argue. I'm not saying it is definitively, but the way Nunes does to Salah. Now, Alvarez, very, very similar stats to Darwin. Seven goals in all competitions and five assists. Darwin style numbers. So he can plays an interesting role, sort of nine and a half, it's been described as well. But he is an important player. Let's not mix it up at all. I suspect he will start. I might be wrong, but I do think he will. And even if he comes off the bench, he is a big threat. Well, the threats, I mean, God, you've got Doku. Everyone will talk about that. Against you, we're up against Trent. The hybrid will come on to. But he's been in sparkling form. Preferred to Jack Grealish a lot. You know, better attacking element or around team play. You, you debate. It, could, it wouldn't surprise me if Grealish started. I'm not going to lie on that tomorrow. I suspect it'll be docking. So that's a threat. And then even another threat, Phil Foden, who does get mocked a lot by different people in different press. Phil Foden, unfortunately, has a great record against us. Look at his goals and things. He scored it in big games. He has a great record against us. Even at Anfield, you know, he's got goals and assists there. There's plenty of threats. This is as tough as it come. I'm not saying I'm not confident. I'm not saying I could think we can get something, but the threats are their people. Let's not dress this up in any other way. So let's talk about us more importantly. So come back to the formation, come back to the lineup. I don't want Jurgen to do this. I really don't. 
And I hope he goes back to almost a bit more of a a 4-3-3, a traditional one, if you want to call it that. I don't know. But the hybrid, the Trevor formation, the box, whatever you want to call it, I do think it will be on display tomorrow. That's my honest gut. I think Alisson in there, Trent at right back, BVD at the left side at centre-back. The centre-back and the defender, the other centre-back, sorry, the defender, interesting, let's put it that way. But do you throw Canate back in after his injury, hamstring, missing internationals? Joel Matip's done okay there as well. It's tough and it would not surprise me, but I think he will throw Canate in because... That there's going to be overloads by City at times. Let's not pretend at all. It's going to be tough down that side. And Canate is the quickest, the most physical, and that's why I think he'll be there. Left back. I don't think he's going to do what I want him to do, which is, and, and I swither on this, just to be clear, it's, it's an easy debate, isn't it? Joe Gomez, Costas Simicaz. Now, you can make a case for either. You make a case for Costa saying best attacking option, part of beating City or getting something against City. Look at how Chelsea scored four goals. Go at them. He's got a couple of assists recently. You could put that cross in, something like that. The corner that makes a real difference. He is naturally left-footed. He gives the team balance. Yes, he's not as good a defender as Gomez, but that's the pros there. And I get that. You can make the case for Gomez. You can say, well, look at what Klopp did against Luton and people could argue because they're big behemoths, the aerial ball, but better defensive option. You could say that he's a better one-on-one defender. You know, he's played there before for Liverpool. Yes, he's not left-footed. He's not going to go down the byline, but we've got other players who, you know, can press on type of thing. And if he's protected right, it makes us solid down that side against a good attacking outlet, the best attacking outlet apart from us in the league. I can make that case. If you ask me, I'm preferred, not that you're asking me, but this is part of the pod, obviously, naturally, I would like Gomez there tomorrow, but I do think it will be Costas. And it's not a disaster either way, but I think it will be Simica. So that's the back four, back five. I think it will be Alison Trent, Canate, VVD and Simicas, and they will have to be on their game to get anything. Midfield, I don't think there's that much variation. I don't even think Andrew is in the discussion for this, to, to be honest. I don't know what I was asking, no one's mentioning. I think it would be McAllister six. It's a Bosley, the right side at eight, if you want to call it that. I just, and this isn't a dig at Graven Birch or playing him down in any way. I don't see how it's anyone but, for me, Curtis Jones. And Graven Birch is a brilliant to have from the bench with his ball carrying all that. But it's Curtis Jones. His ball retention, exceptional. He's pressing and, importantly, counter-pressing top-notch. Like, absolutely elite levels we're talking. The stats bear that out. Even with, you know, Zabozlai, the amount he recovers possession. Those two, for me, will be absolutely crucial. They're going to have to run their legs off, so to speak, to get anything. I just don't see it. And, obviously, he takes the ball in tight spaces, Curtis. Yeah, he'll have to be on it because it's City and they will press as well and they're dangerous, but, the, you know, there's risk-reward type of thing. I just don't see how it's anyone else other than Curtis. And also, I don't know if anyone saw the interview we did for Liverpool FC's official website and their, their podcast with, you know, AI's Jan Mulby as well. 
asked about, you know, how we play, like, no, we can play dirty, we can mix it, you know, people think they're going to do that. For me, it's nailed on in midfield that it's Mac, Saboslai, Jones. I wouldn't be uneasy. I don't like saying that about Gavin Burke because he's had a good start, but I would far, far prefer it if he's an option that comes off the bench. I think he'd be very effective when the game starts to get stretched with his ball carrying, his running ability, physicality, all those types of things. And then that brings the forward line, doesn't it? If it hadn't been an international break, Salah and Nunes are nailed on for me. It's the left side, isn't it? Now, if it hadn't been an international break, I would have gone Luis Diaz in this. And I mean that because almost more of a sort of, not not as good an output as Jota, but for overall, like the way he plays, almost can play more of a left side in midfield as he has in his career. I think you're going to need that against City, someone who could, you know, drop that really hassle. And that's not to say, because Jota is excellent at pressing still, don't get me wrong, Jürgen's referenced that, but I would have started that way. I just get the feeling, again, I could well be wrong, that it will be Jota. He's not travelled that far. He's not played that many minutes for Portugal. He has been in good goal-scoring form. Like, let's not, you know, mince that around at all. He's got eight goals. No, he's his second-highest goal-scorer. So, for a pure stats, a pure goal threat, if I've talked about that against like the way Chelsea took it to them, you make the case there. So that's what I think the front line will be. I think it will be Salah, Nunes and Jota. And by the way, as Jürgen answered in the press conference, they all seem to be back. That's what you know, the, he answered, that Gomez is back, Gravenberg is back, Curtis is back. Basically, Bartiago and Babsetic, the only long-term absentees, Connor Bradley's even back training with the team. He's not going to be in the squad, of course. Don't get me wrong. He's not ready for that. But yeah, a lot of good options there to come off the bench. You you mentioned Gakpo, I know as well. Change the game, have an impact. So whatever happens tomorrow, it's good to hear the squad is in a good space. And he's talked about it before, Jürgen. We want those injuries to stay away, shall we say, especially when we think about what's happened in the last few years. So it's good on that front. But that's what I think the lineup will be for tomorrow. Which brings to the final bit, ladies and gents. What is the prediction, the score and the scorers? This is tough. There's no way this is finishing nil-nil. Not a chance in hell. There's going to be goals in this game. And I suspect it's going to be a both teams to score if you're into your betting type description. You know, I don't know, God knows what odds they give you on that. But the head can rule the heart sometimes and vice versa. I believe we can go there and win. We've got the tools of anyone. And you've seen it. We've gone to places like Spurs. We say we lost that. Yeah, we lost that because they robbed us with VAR and nine men. And even then it took an own goal, last minute type of thing for, you know, we've gone to tough places. We've shown what we can do. That being said, the away form isn't that great. And people will look at Luton. And it's fair to say all those things. The two don't have to be mutually exclusive. I'm trying to talk myself out of this a little bit. But, the heart is saying we can win. The head is saying this is going to be very, very difficult. Now, I don't carry Jamie Carragher levels of pessimism. I don't know if anyone's seen that where he said a draw is the best Liverpool can hope for. I've just got a sneaker for a draw. I really have. 2-2. Two, two. Like it was a couple of years ago, if you remember when they scored first, then Jota and Mane. Obviously, he's not going to be the same score as this time, but 2-2. Two, two. Now, for my scorer, 
How are you going to bet against anyone but Mo Salah? The Egyptian demigod has 14 goals against Manchester City, even last season where we were abject against them and well beaten. He scored the opener, didn't he? He loves a goal against City. Loves an assist against City as he did for, for Mane as well. He, he makes things happen. You know, last season, scored home and away against them. So 2-2, Mo Salah to get our first goal. And I'm not going to lie, I know people talk about be optimistic and be down, whatever you want to call it. 2-2 is an excellent result. If someone offered me now, shake hands and snap their hand off people. But we should go there optimistic. We should go there bullish. Whatever happens, it doesn't mean, you know, it's ultimate end to anything, start of anything. Don't get me wrong. It doesn't mean we're winning anything. But it's a huge game. It's right to be excited. And we'll be doing Raw and everything as normal. And ladies and gents, that was another post-conference presser for Anfield Index. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.